You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Welcome back to the You Can Mentor podcast. My name is Steven, and I have a very special guest today. His name is Eddie Halleck. Eddie, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Steven. How are you doing? Hey, I'm so great. I'm glad you're here. You know, I actually grew up in Houston in Magnolia, Texas. I was going to let you know that. Um, so good. if you guys are downtown, that's about 100 miles away. I mean, just that's how big Houston is. So that place is crazy, crazy huge. I'm excited to have Eddie on the podcast today. He serves as the executive director at the Stoller Foundation. Their goal is to support Christ-centered ministries that mobilize volunteers to serve others and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's go. He has served in ministry for over 48 years. He's pastored several churches and has served as a missionary in Brazil for over 15 years. I can't speak Portuguese, but I'm assuming he probably knows his way around. Deus ama todos vocês muito mesmo e a alegria estar com vocês nesse dia. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love uh, you very much and it's great to be with you on these days. Come on. Um, well, and you can tell we're going to have fun this episode. Um, but one more thing about Eddie. He served as the minister of missions at a church in Houston. He's been a liaison for many ethnic churches in the Houston area and uh, just been a leader of many overseas mission trips. And so... What we want to talk about today is encouraging and equipping mentors to share the gospel in their mentoring relationships. And so we figured we might as well get someone who has 50 years of experience in ministry to kind of speak into our mentors to, to help us create a vision for why it's important to share the gospel in mentoring relationships. What are the differences in, in sharing the gospel in a, a mentor relationship with a kid from a hard place? Are there any specifics that he's learned in articulating the gospel to children? And so I hope you enjoy today's topic because I think it's going to be really powerful. Eddie, I'd love for you just to share a little bit about the Stoller Foundation before we get going. What drew you to be a part of that foundation and what is it like to work in, in the work that you're doing after doing so much uh, church ministry? Absolutely. So, um, so Jerry Stoller, uh, actually grew up on a farm. This man that, that uh, was the founder of this uh, foundation, the Stoller Foundation, and he grew up on a farm, and he was very interested in plants. And so uh, later in his life then, he began to study carefully, and with scientists that he actually hired, they discovered some micronutrients for plants that make them stronger, that make them better, uh, it produces more fruit, and, and it actually uh, stops, you know, critters from eating up the, you know, the, the plant and destroying the plant. It's just incredible what this stuff does. So it's all over the world. They're in 50 to 60 countries today. And so one day he, um, because of his belief in Christ, he said, you know, I want everybody to know Christ and I want people to, to develop as the plants develop. And he, so he said, I'm going to start a foundation. Now, because he was a businessman, you know, he, of course, wanted people to come to Christ. And so that's one of our pillars. He wants 
an organization to have volunteers because you know that's sort of the business aspect of it that you can't really accomplish something for for God unless you have a lot of volunteers. And so he wants volunteers. And then, cause again, he wanted to do something different. You know, most foundations will give to something they can see with their eyes, but our foundation gives to what we cannot see because we help start many times. We help start five hundred one c three nonprofit Christian organizations, and so. We help them for a few years, and then we get out of the way, and they continue because they are now sustainable. And then we start helping others. And that's what he wanted to do, was to be in a constant state of helping organizations start, get going, and then do well. So that's who Stoller Foundation is. And uh, we just, um, of course, want to constantly emphasize these pillars. So that's what we do. You know, we really believe in mentorship. I'm so glad that uh, you're doing this. And, um, you know, the mentors that you have, if they'll realize they're like Moses to Joshua's, you know, they're like Elijah's to Elisha's. And uh, these people are going to have and these young people are going to have some tremendous uh, uh, future and in, in helping people, you know, in, in uh, years to come. So so what a just congratulations on this ministry. Thank you so much, Eddie. Well, and I I love just hearing um, from you, just the the success of a businessman working in in the business world, um, then realizing just this passion and um, just desire to see the gospel go forth, and I I just I think that that should stir something in each of us as we listen. Um, many of our mentors, I mean, they're in the business world, they're making money for the family, they're bringing home the bacon. Maybe some of them might not recognize their role within God's plan to share the gospel. Hearing that story draws out our hearts to say, ask the question, what is God calling me to in this mentoring relationship? Could it be to share the gospel? Could it be to see the world changed just through making a disciple? Why did God put you here on this earth? You know, what's the one fundamental reason that he placed you here? I love to ask this question. Well, we're here to serve, or we're here to worship, or we're here to you know to do some good works, and that's wonderful. But you know, there is a fundamental reason, and it's it's pretty simple. We see it right at the beginning, and that is that God wanted to have a relationship with every single person. You know, the first thing that God ever said, um, uh, ever did after He uh, created Adam, the very first thing was to talk to him. <laughs> you know. Bible is a book of relationships. In fact, that's in Genesis 1 and 2. He's talking to him in 3. And you know, then he begins to just relate to people. You have not only Adam, but then remember Enoch, he walked with God, Noah, and then Abraham, and women like Ruth and Deborah, and then other men, Joseph and Moses. I mean, we could go on and on. In the New Testament, you had the disciples and Jesus himself and Paul and Mary and Elizabeth. And you know, it's really all about relationships when you think about it. Life is that. For example, you know, here you, you mentor children. Will they have a relationship with their mother usually or with other uh, siblings or parents? And then we relate to our spouses and we relate to our friends. We relate to the school, church, play. You know what? Children understand relationships. All you have to say is say, you know, you have a relationship with your parents, don't you? Or whoever that child lives with. You know, God's plan, as I understand it, was for us to have these relationships with him so that we could have peace in our heart and we could have love and direction. You know, he offers so much, you know, prayers that are answered and, 
and all of us know that something tragic happened and that was that sin came into this world so sin separated us from that relationship that god wanted us to have you know his plan was for us to live eternally but we blew it so what was the solution jesus so right and you know he dies for our sins to and so if we repent because all have sinned and with we trust and believe in jesus then he saves us eternally but you know what he's the bridge to that back to that relationship with god which was the whole plan of god anyway that's really good eddie uh, and i i love the point that you made i've never actually heard someone make this point that the first thing god does is speak to him <laughs> when he makes Adam like and that's that's so simple it's so true but it's so valuable for us to understand that God wants us to hear him and he wants relationship and talking to someone speaking to someone is uh, an invitation to relationship I, I imagine that God's plan was for Adam to talk back Adam to to reciprocate and um, I, I just think that that's it's something that's really special about, yeah, just, I mean, obviously we have the Bible. It's the word of God. So we talk about God's word all the time, but will we understand God's heart for relationship just through the words that he speaks? You know, it was interesting because Adam and Eve would walk in the garden with God. You know, I think a lot of people think that, you know, God created Adam and then immediately he sinned and separated himself from God. Now, and they used to walk in the cool of the day and they used to talk with him and dialogue with him and relate with him. But one day, you know, the tragedy occurred. And that's uh, so when they decided to disobey. So this is the important thing is, is that we actually have a relationship and that explains everything. You know, it makes the gospel so much easier to explain. You know, we're not saying, a lot of people say, well, you know, I got to get saved so I can go to heaven. You know what? That's icing on the cake. Mm. I want to be saved so I can relate to God eternally and in this incredible relationship. And so I'm glad. Yes, I want to, I'm going to heaven when I die. But, you know, that's just really extra. It's just wonderful. But that's not why I'm saved. I'm saved for an eternal relationship with God. Eddie, that makes me think about the, I guess, the, the approach of sharing the gospel with children at least in my experience, has has been centered around heaven. Heaven and hell is the the primary, I guess, simplification of the, I guess, the the purpose of sharing the gospel. And and so I wonder if you could unpack just just what you're saying is that heaven is icing on the cake. What you really want is relationship with God, like in in the now, like right here. You want to live with relationship with God. And so could you, could you share a little more about, about that? Okay. Um, you know, I think that um, one of the things that we as believers have done is to not understand the benefits of a relationship. with God. You know, because of, remember, you know, this thing of, of the, the game, the rich, quick thing, you know, where if you, if you, if you're a Christian, you know, you're going to get rich, you know, that, um, what's that, uh, uh, that phrase that's used a lot. Uh, and so what has happened is we, we sort of want to, we go to the other ditch. You see, when I believed into Christ as my savior, what happened? Well, the first thing that happened seems like for, for many people, uh, um, 
especially those who are older, peace comes into their heart. I made a list one day of the benefits of being a believer. So, you know, not only do you have peace, you have a new joy. Uh, and I could give you illustrations of all of this, but it'd take a long time. God gives you direction for your life. You know, uh, all of a sudden you can talk to God and he listens to you. Wow, what God listens to you. And then, you know, he answers your prayers. And then uh, you begin to, for example, if you hurt somebody, he gives you the opportunity to ask for forgiveness and have a clear conscience. And all of a sudden things are good again. And, you know, uh, he helps you overcome bitterness. I mean, there are so many, many benefits as a result of relationship. That's why we need to be in the word every day. You know, when I was eight years old, my mother said to me, you know, you like to go out and play. And of course I did. She said, but from now on, you're going to need to read about four chapters in the Bible before you go out to pray, to play. Well, you know, people say, oh, no, that's terrible. No, it wasn't. It was wonderful. I'm so glad because at that age, I had read almost the entire Bible. Uh, you know, so I began to learn and, and to, to spend some time with God. And, you know, I've blown many things in my life. Uh, uh, but you know what? Just getting into the Word and, and having this relationship. Now, do I want to go to heaven? Of course. You know, do I want to stay away out of hell? Of course. And, uh, you know, it's, I don't care. Any way you want to share the gospel is, is, is good. If you're sharing the gospel, I, I'm all for it. You know what I'm saying? But I just think we miss out in understanding the whole reason, everything that God wanted. And I think that's why it's important that we understand that relationship with him makes life so much better. And not only here, but then you see, it's that when I die, my life continues. That's why this relationship here is so important. I just continue living with God in that relationship in heaven. It's in heaven. Praise God. That's going to be a wonderful thing, but it is going to be for eternity, you know. And so it's not just going to a place. It's going to a place to be with God and enjoying him forever. Does that, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that's really good. That's probably more compelling for a child to hear that this gospel applies to you today. It's not just about when you die. It's this affects your life. And for some reason, we feel like simplifying it into this heaven and hell future state helps children because it seems more simple, but actually it probably even complicates things even more and doesn't give I guess a, a kid's something that they can walk and step into right there, which is a relationship with God. And so, I, I mean, I want to hear about even just your, your time in Brazil. Do you have any stories where people just had an aha moment when you shared this with them? Could you share any testimonies of, of sharing the gospel and people connecting with that thought of this is a relationship with God that I'm starting today and them just being fired up about that? You know, uh, uh, one of the great joys, I guess, after you've been in ministry for many years, that people write you back, you know. <laughs> people you haven't seen in years, they'll write you back. You say, oh, you know, this happened, or I accepted Christ here and there. And, um, yeah, you know, um, uh, the wonderful thing about Brazilians in particular is that they're very gregarious. They're very loving people. It's easy to talk to them. You can stop anywhere, talk to any of them. You can give them a tract, and they'll literally stop and read the thing. Oh, wow. And so they're very open. Now, you see, they're very religious people, but unfortunately, it hasn't been understanding that Jesus is the solution for their life. But they're very interested in that. And so, you know, they've been taught um, 
primarily to um, two major you know, religions or faiths, but one of them is to actually depend on Mary, bless her heart, the mother of Jesus, more than on Jesus. And uh, so that's been a, that's a tragedy. But once they hear that the son is the answer, they will come to Christ. And the other one, you know, there's been a, a lot of uh, really religion, um, the demonic religion was really brought in. And so there's a lot of uh, spiritism, we call it, you know, and people that will literally worship uh, spirits. And so um, when they're freed from that, it's, it's, a, it's a remarkable, remarkable situation. Now, you know, in a lot of our trips, uh, one of the things we'd do, we would actually build a, a building, not very big, it, it's 20 by 40, but it seats about 150 people. While we were building that building in one week, we'd usually take a medical team and they would see hundreds of people or we would give them free glasses because that's what people want more than anything else because they're very expensive there. And uh, they had reading glasses and we'd work with children, work with kids, sports and so forth. But as we people would come in after they received all of this, you know, we would share the gospel with them. And it was just incredible how many people just were ready and wanted the Lord Jesus in their life. Well, we saw this over and over and over. One man in particular was invited to a meeting, which um, you know I had the privilege of, of speaking. Uh, but he, but he didn't want to go to church. But his friend insisted, so he got drunk and went to church. And uh, so you know, it's over. Goes home the next day. Same thing. He gets drunk again on purpose, right before he goes to church. On the third day, he did not get drunk. And on that day. He listened to the gospel, believed, and they received Christ. His life was completely changed. Mm. There was an incident there on our island, um, and it's very complicated, but um, some, it was a military base, and there was an explosion. A lot of windows, it was so powerful of an explosion that the windows would break. And so later, the government came and said, okay, you know, did the windows break here on this apartment? And he took care of a particular apartment complex. And he said, well, we do have broken windows, but they were already broken before the explosion. And so these men said, well, don't you want to just tell them that, uh, you know, they were broken because of the explosion? And he said, you know what? I'm a Christian. I can't lie. And so I've got to tell the truth. Well, you know, that sounds small, but I want to tell you that is a remarkable, remarkable fact, especially in that wonderful country where people would easily take advantage as they would in any country, you know? So I think that these little things, but boy, they're big in the life of a person made a difference. Yeah. I, I mean, just in having a relationship with God, it's it, you're held accountable in a sense because you're like, okay, he sees me, he knows me right. and he loves me, but I love him and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go uh, backwards. I'm, I'm going to walk forward in this relationship. And so, I, I mean, I do, I do love that. I was going to tell you a story from uh, my wife and I, we were in the Dominican Republic and uh, she speaks Spanish. I do not. So it was very helpful to have her on the trip. And we were walking around this uh, community and sharing the gospel. And these two little boys came up and they had uh, a baseball bat and a baseball. And they were just asking us, what are we doing here? And uh, well, we asked them, well, what are you doing here? And they were like, oh, I mean, we play baseball. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, my wife says, well, we're disciples of Jesus. And um, would you like to become a disciple of Jesus? And they were like, well, what is that? And she shared the gospel with them and uh, shared why we, we had come there and how we were calling people into this, come follow Jesus. 
as soon as she finishes sharing the gospel, they want to receive Jesus, and so they pray a prayer, and we rejoice and tell them, like, well, that's that's amazing, like, praise God, we'll, we'll be praying for you, because we weren't sure if we were ever going to come back to this this community that we were in. And so we start walking away, going to the next next house. All of a sudden, we realize after we'd visited three houses, these kids are still following right behind us. Right. We're like, well, what's going on? And we, so we asked them, like, I thought we thought we were going to play baseball. And they were like, well, we're disciples of Jesus. Like, shouldn't we be with you guys? Like, <laughs> and it's, it's so, it's, it's cute. It's powerful. It's beautiful. And I, I think, I think we, we discount what children can receive from, from a, a an articulation of the gospel that, that maybe we've only done with other adults, or maybe we've never done at all. But I, I wonder if if you could share just, I mean, the importance of sharing the gospel with children. Jesus is very clear that he he loves children. He calls the children to come to himself. There, there's just something about the heart of children that God longs for. And so I wonder if you could speak into that. A lot of folks just because they're, I guess, not used to just having a very simple presentation wonder what, what they ought to do. You know, children, uh, I think children can sense your spirit in unusual ways. They, they know when you're sad, when you're happy, when you're depressed, when something's wrong, and they don't understand it. They just know it. But I think if, uh, you know, the mentors and their sincerity, if they're sincere, children will listen to them. That's one of the first things I think they need to understand as they articulate the gospel. If, if I'm mentoring a child and um, let's say that they're, I'm helping them with their math. You can do this with anything, but let's just take math. And, you know, so I would say, so how's your math coming along? You know, how are your multiplication tables these days? Almost regardless of what they say, whether it's good or bad, you could ask them just out of the blue, say, hey, let me ask you a question. Do you have a Bible? Again, doesn't matter whether they have it or not. But, you know, you could say, you know, the Bible has a lot of math in it. Did you know that? Like, for example, Jesus had one disciple that was real close to him. Then he had three more, that, three that walked around. He called nine. And if we, you know, if we added one plus, uh, really, it's two because that one was already in there, plus another uh, nine, how many are we going to have? Well, one plus two plus nine uh, is 12. Well, he had 12. So, you know, your, your addition. And then, you know, one day just sent out 70. Uh, and, uh, but they, he went out two by two. So how, how many, uh, so let's divide that. And how many teams went out that day? So very easily, you know, you could get into all kinds of, of math in the Bible, right? And then at that point, you know, one of the easy things to do is, uh, you know, have you ever heard about Jesus? Listen, I was in, in India one time, and this little boy, we were walking around, and his name was Bob Blue. Bob Blue wanted uh, to stay with me because he told me where I could get the best shots of uh, this particular place, <laughs> the Taj Mahal. And uh, so I said, okay. So one day, Bob Blue says, um, he was 12 years old. I said, have you ever heard about Jesus? And he looked at me. He said, no, I haven't. I says, why? Is he an American? And, uh, you know, you'd be surprised if a child has never gone to church, never heard about Jesus. Uh, well, but, you know, some of these kids, of course, have. You know that I would, um, I would ask them this question that I asked uh, you, Steve. You know, why is it that God has put us here on this earth? Uh, and uh, um, I think everybody wants to know, no matter whether they're a kid or not. I mean, if the child can understand that question. Why did God put you here? And uh, they say, well, I don't know. You say, well, you know, because he wants to have us have a relationship with us. 
you know, like for example, your mother, don't you have a relationship with your mother? Yes. Uh, doesn't she love you? Yes. Do you love her? You know, have you ever disobeyed her? Yes. Well, you know what that's called? That's sin. Or you could, you know, you could follow up with that. You know, have you ever told a lie? Like I've told a lie before. Have you ever told a lie? Well, yeah. Well, what does that make of us then? Well, I guess that makes us liars, right? That's sin. Or have you ever stolen a pencil? You know, I know that I have before. That makes us thieves. You know, God is really, really sad when we do these things. And of course, you know, the Bible says all of us have sinned and uh, we're separated from God. But, um, you know, something that's so wonderful is that uh, just like your mother has done many, many things for you, Jesus Christ came in. You know what? He died on the cross. And why did he die? To pay for our sin. You know why he paid for our sin? That if you will ask him to forgive you, you can come back to him and you can have a relationship with God again. But you just need to invite Jesus to come into your heart. He'll come in. He'll, he'll live there forever with you. He's going to help you. He's going to help you be a great man of God. And don't you want to do that? So, you know, at that point, you do that. Now, there's so many ways. And my son was about, I have, uh, we have four kids, three boys. And when one, uh, the oldest one was about seven, I think. I took one of these booklets and I was looking here, you know, there are so many, but this one in particular is called the four fantastic facts campus mm -hmm. crusade puts out for children. I, I went through that booklet with him. And uh, when I came to the end of the booklet, I said, now, Jeremy, did you understand this? And he said, well, no, I said, okay. So we just put the book aside and six months later, I got it again. I said, Hey, Jeremy, come here. So we went through it again, but well, there was one particular page. It's a little harder than the others. You know, some of it's simple. That one's a little harder. And he said, no, I don't, I don't understand. I said, okay. Six months later, again, this time when we got to that page, he said, let's go back to that page. And when it was all over, he said, I said, you understand? He said, yes. So when he understood, I said, so do you want to receive Christ? He said, yes. So we prayed to receive Christ right there. But you know, because again, the methods are many. And if you're just loving them and you're not afraid to bring it up, you don't have to force anything on these children. But like you said, Jesus loves them. He wants them to come to him. They have incredible faith that we as adults do not have many times. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's the beginning of it. And I believe every mentor can do that. Amen. Yeah. I, I love what you said about um, children pick up on emotion and they can sense when you're being genuine, you're being honest, you're being authentic. I wonder if that's the reason that mentors, mentors who don't share the gospel or don't share it regularly, if that's a part of the, I guess, a symptom of the reason why is because it's difficult for us to translate our own experience of the gospel into a, into a heart for a kid or a heart for others to the point that we would learn how to communicate and share. So, I mean, I think a lot of people will tell me, well, I need a tool. I need help. I don't know how to share. They, they may have the emotional side. They, they have a genuine feeling of God's loved me. He's saved my life and he's called me to make disciples. He's called me to share the gospel, but I just don't know how. I don't know. Something in me thinks that it's more than just tools. What, what's the thing that is holding us back? I don't know if you have any thoughts. Yeah. Well, look, you know, I think that if a person 
really wants to be a disciple, right? If I wanted to be a disciple, then what I would do is I would try to find somebody to mentor me in that particular area. You know, I've done, I've taught evangelism many, many, many times, but you don't learn evangelism in the classroom. You've got to go do it. And I had a, a businessman one time, and uh, we spent time together. I, I, he'd, he'd go visiting with me and watch him. One day, we were going to meet with this couple, and I knew it was going to be a good experience. So uh, I asked them a question. I said, you know, have, do you have any idea how you can have a personal relationship with God through Christ? And they said, no. I said, well, I said, Wayne's going to tell you right now. He had no idea he was going to do that. But here's the thing. He was prepared, and I knew he was prepared. Now, I share a very basic, um, I use, in an ideal situation, I use, actually, I draw on paper, you know, what I call the bridge illustration. And so that's in an ideal situation. And I think that it, it'd be so good for everybody to, to do that. But I would say that most Christians who have been in the church for a while would not have great difficulty if they understood what God wants as a relationship. We blew it, and that's sin. And Jesus Christ came to restore the relationship that was lost with God. I mean, really. You know, now, remember, there's so many other things involved, but that's the very, very truth in, in a nutshell. And it, it can be done even if you don't know very much, you know. Uh, but if you can memorize a, a handful of verses, you know, John 3, 16, and up in Romans, and, and, and John 14, 6, and then Revelation 3, 20, you could really, uh, just in a few verses, share that truth. And, you know, it's not hard. Uh, kids will listen to you. They will just loving them and helping them as you're helping them with math, you're helping them with English, all these other subjects, you know, you can bring this thing so in so easy. You know, one of the things I talk a lot about is sprinkling God. You know, it's funny this morning I had to buy some grout for they're, they're putting tile in my house. So I'm at the store, right? And as I'm paying for this, uh, there was a hole in that package, but anyway, it was in a, in sort of a box. And this man, for some reason, he said, yeah, I'll put it in that holy box. And I said, as long as you have Jesus, then it's all holy. You know, <laughs> look, if a man comes up to you when you're putting gas in the car and he says, what a beautiful day. And you say, isn't God amazing? The kinds of days he makes. Now you will go home. You'll forget about that conversation. But that man will go home and he'll say, hey, somebody talk to me about God today. You see, that's sprinkling God out there. And it's so easy to do, you know. And I'm you do all these kinds of things, Stephen, but, um, you know, even we have a granddaughter, she's two years, I mean, she's less than two, but we say, let's pray. But she knows, puts out her hands, you know, and holds on as we pray. And of course she wants a quick prayer, but we, we pray quick for her, but you know, it's just, they, they, they love it. They love it. It's yeah. not. Yeah, it's really good. Two, two things stood out to me, what you shared, Eddie, I, I was thinking about, um, the, the thought, well, I'm just not good at it. And so that, that holds people back. And what, what you said was that, well, the only way to get good at it is to go do it. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't know if anyone that's like, well, I'm not good at baseball. We're like, well, have you played baseball before? No. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> there's your problem. Um, and I mean, it's the same, it's the same with every spiritual discipline. I mean, to learn how to pray, you got to pray. To learn how to fast, you got to fast. To share the gospel, you have to share the gospel. And I think, I think uh, another thing you said was just, 
I like how you said sprinkling God of, of looking for opportunities to talk about God. Um, yes. I think most of us probably think about opportunities to talk about ourselves. I mean, we're, we're all that guy who in conversation, we're just looking for a way to, to be more known, to be more seen. And I think even for mentors, something that's pretty common is that you're trying to build relationship. And so something that mentors do a lot is, share all of their awesome stories of, well, when I was in high school, I was on varsity and, and we share all those stories to kind of gain, like, I guess, notoriety or like hoping our mentees are going to think we're awesome. Um, But it'd be great if we could shift that to encourage our mentees to always think that God is awesome. Um, Yeah. I think, I think that's a, that's a huge temptation, but it's also an opportunity for us to to recognize all those moments we're trying to build trust with our, our mentees. Could we be building their trust with God? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, me of, uh, as you're talking to them and if you're telling them a Bible story, I talk about the little boy that bought, you know, brought his five pieces of bread or five breads and two fish to Jesus. I mean, you talk about a hero. I mean, that child, you know, fed thousands of people and, um, and all he did was, was give to Jesus what he had, you know, See, the Bible has so many heroes, and I think, uh, you know, one of the, 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 to contextualize the gospel, you know, uh, in, in our day and time, I think there are many ways in many countries, there was a book written by Don Richardson on Peace Child in Papua New Guinea, and, and um, you know, the most incredible thing you could do whenever they wanted to have peace between two tribes was to literally give a baby. I would give, if it's my baby, I would give it to the chief of the other tribe. Might give it to him, and he would raise my baby. Well, that was called the peace child. When Jesus Christ became the peace child, God gave him to us. But that's one way that you can bring the gospel in. But see, today in America, you know, it's all about heroes, right? So we have. I was going to say you'd have CPS on your on your on your case if you gave gave your child away. Absolutely. (laughs) But. not here but uh, but you know our hero here it's all about heroes and all these sports heroes but you know just think about the heroes in the bible and and they are just so many you know you got david that and by the way david was not a little boy we people need to read first samuel 16 real careful in 17 to see what how big he was and who he was but anyway he defeated you know goliath and then you have joseph and daniel shadrach meshach and they go there's so many heroes and we just talk about these guys and these kids would say, wow, you know, that's amazing. I and mean, these are powerful people. And I, I want to be like that. You know what I'm saying? And then you bring in the gospel. Oh, man, there's so many ways to do it. If our kids, if the kids we're mentoring understand the stories of the Bible, they'll start to recognize what we're telling them is relationship with God is everything. Yes. And so in every one of those stories, we're getting a picture of what relationship with God looks like. And yeah. it's, it's so much more than heaven and hell. It's like, like you said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's not bowing down to anything, but the one true God and sure. he will be there. But even if, even if something bad happens, it's still worth it because we're worshiping like the one true God and, and just unpacking those things for kids, you're giving them a thousand examples of what relationship with God looks like, and you're drawing their hearts out. I just, I think that's amazing. They love stories. I mean, let's face it, you know, 
they love stories. I mean, if you're talking to a little girl, I was thinking, you remember uh, that uh, Naaman's wife, you know, they had this little girl who was a slave, but she was a maid in their home. And she's the one that sent Naaman, who had leprosy, back to Israel to be healed by the prophet. I mean, a little girl. Think about the impact. This guy was a general, and it was one little girl that changed his life. I thought, wow. You know, so there are all kinds of opportunities there to, to show that, you know, and then lead always being able, you know, if they look, there are days you don't want to talk about. It. I mean, there are days that you're not going to share. That's all that. I mean, you know, it's not sin, <laughs> but, you know, then God will give you an opportunity. And when he gives it to you, then you just sort of love the kids into Christ. Yeah. Well, and I think I think it's a good challenge to just uh, I mean, just what you said, sprinkling God. What are some opportunities that maybe you've passed up in the past and how can you plan and intend to bring the gospel in to the mentor yeah. relationship? And so I, I'm imagining in my head a mentor who he's been with his mentee for a year now and they haven't broached this conversation. And that could be for a myriad of reasons, whether it's I'm trying to build trust before we have that conversation or I'm looking for my window. I I just, I think it'd be great for every mentor to hear from us, you can take a step. It doesn't have to be, we're not looking for this glory moment. We're looking for a, just a slow drip of, of gospel truth and the word of God. You know, Stephen, if I, if I had been with a child for a year mentoring them, I think that one of the things would be so easy to do would be to say something like this, you know, Johnny, boy, we've been together for one year. You know, something I, I've done, I have done something that's very important. And that is to ask you about God in your life. And so let, could we just talk about God for a little bit today? And, you know, so, so you know, like now I'm, I'm saying, look, I blew it up to this point. You know, I should have done this, but I didn't do it. So could we just do this? And little Johnny, I mean, look, if you spend a year with him, he likes you. And very easy, again, to get into that. And I think you are absolutely right when you say we're waiting for that perfect moment. Let me tell you, perfect moment most of the time is now. You know, one day, I was a pastor in Lake Dallas, Texas, and uh, this little boy came forward to receive Christ. In, those, in, in, in that little section of time, I was big into the family. You got to talk to the parents. And, and uh, you know, for some reason, I said to this kid, listen, um, I want to talk to your parents, and then we're going to work this out and whatever. You know, uh, what happened was that I didn't go see his parents. For, I have no idea why. I didn't see them. And soon thereafter, I moved after 11 years, I moved to Nebraska. And then this little boy would come into my mind and I would think to myself, did he or did he not receive Christ? Did I keep him from receiving Christ? And I want you to know that for probably 25 years or more, once in a while, he would come to my mind and I would just beg God. I would cry, literally cry tears. And I would say, God, you know, somehow do something. Okay. So, you know, a long time passed. So years later, I come back to the United States. A young man that we knew when he was a kid, he had a car wreck and he died. So, we, so they asked me to do the funeral. So we go to the funeral. Guess who is one of the pallbearers? Mm. That little boy who is now a man. And so I said, so I go up to him and we get talking and I 
asked him, you know, what's going on? Well, you know what? He had accepted Christ. He was married. He had three children. They were all loving God. And I'll tell you, when I left that place, and I just wept like crazy. But, you know, that, I could not let that happen. You know, you never know. And you've got to give these children a chance. If they come and they want Jesus, my friend, let them accept Christ. The re- you let the other things happen. Let the, fi- the parents figure it out. But, you know, that one moment when they can come to Christ, you've got to do it. Wow. Man, Eddie, I, I, I think that that's so sobering and it's so, yeah, I mean, I think that's the perfect challenge for our mentors to hear. And I, I think there's hope in that as well, that God's the one that's, he has his hand on the gospel. It's, it's not in our power to save people, to, that our sharing is anything of itself. He, his power is on the sharing of the gospel. And I think when we acknowledge that, and when we see areas where we've held back and not entered into sharing that, I think there is a healthy conviction that leads us even further into sharing the gospel and praying for his gospel to go forth, even when we fail and uh, we don't do what we feel like he's called us to. And, and so I, I love that. And, and I'm sure every mentor that's on, that's listening to this has felt a failure in this area. And if they haven't, I don't know. I, I mean, I've never met a guy who was an evangelist that didn't have missed opportunities and things that he didn't do that propelled him further into a relationship with God. And, and I, I think that's just, a, that's such a powerful testimony. You know, the last thing I would say, and, and I mean, I would say this, if a child then receives Christ and you pray with them and, and they pray and they invite Christ to come into their life, then it'd be really valuable. And I'm sure you all do this, but it'd be very valuable then to go to the parent that the child lives with or the grandparent or whoever and say, look, let me explain to you, you know, in all of this, I, we've been studying all these subjects, math and English and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I also shared with him, uh, you know, the Bible, and, and we just talked about a relationship with God, and, and he wanted to have a relationship with Jesus, and so we prayed, and he accepted Christ. So you let the parent know, so that this, you know, so that this is not a, uh, what, are, what are they doing to my kid? You know, you actually tell the parent, and you know, hey, the parent has to take it up to God if they're upset. You know, but you, that's something, I don't worry about that anymore, because the kid wanted to do it now. And then, as the mentor, it would be so important for them later, as they continue mentoring this kid, maybe every three months or so or four months to, to just say, hey, do you remember that day when you prayed to receive Christ? And um, remind them of that. And why do you remind them? Because when a child accepts Christ, they see Jesus coming into their heart, into the physical heart. And, and many, te- so what happens is a lot of teenagers, see, see, they do it one time, nobody ever talks to them about it again. Wow. They become and they have doubts about their salvation. Well, it really did happen. And so the way to solve that problem is that at least, now if, if it was a child that's going to church and parents, I would say every six months, but the, a mentor could do it every three or four months, just say, remember what you did. And as they remember, then at, from between 12 and 13, a kid goes from believing that Jesus comes into his physical heart to coming into his life. And then they understand the abstract part of it. And so then they don't have to worry. Now, they may still have doubts, but, you know, they can quickly, you know, understand that Jesus really came into their heart. 
I just encourage mentors to do that. Tell the parent, and then once in a while, remind the child of that day when they accepted Christ. And write it down the day, the day. <laughs> Be sure they jot that down. Yeah, that's really good, Eddie. And and so it's it's not just about sharing it. It's about sharing the life with God that that you now have and remembering the day we made the decision through that transition from this being kind of a, a concept that may be childlike in, in the mind of a child, but actually is profoundly significant in the eyes of God to the point that they recognize, wow, God is with me and he purchased my life. And I, I mean, I, I love sharing the gospel within a mentor relationship because then the evangelist is committed to seeing the fruit grow seeing seeing the seed uh planted and watered and uh i mean i i don't think there's a better opportunity than within a mentor relationship to see to see that happen and so i i love it man pastor eddie you're bringing bringing some fire i i love just everything you've shared on the call um to quickly go back over it i mean you you shared about how simple relationship is with god just that he wants to speak to us that's the first thing he did with man, and that's that's our. Um, what did you say? You said at the beginning of our call, um, you uh, you mentioned when we talked this morning. You said everyone wants to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but I want them to be the lips of Jesus. <laughs> I just thought that was amazing. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's amazing how many uh, Christian organizations they'll say, you know, we're a Christian organization, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. And praise God, you know, he needs hands and he needs feet out there to really, but, you know, by the way, you know, it's interesting because uh, in Romans, this is how beautiful are the feet of those who do what? Who speak, you know, <laughs> so it is, we need to have beautiful feet and we get it by using our lips, you know, at, to really tell people because, um, oh, you know, it, it, it's just amazing. You know, when you, before the COVID, you be in a in a we go out to a restaurant and you know many times I'll say to the to the person the, the girl or or fellow that's helping us said hey in just a minute we're gonna pray is there anything we can pray for you something that simple you know what would happen one day this girl just started crying that's all I said to her and she just started weeping the next day this one girl she said oh I know I gotta get back in church I gotta get back in church you know you never know you just ask me you can pray for them and and they'll just tell you all kinds of stuff you know once in a while somebody doesn't want you to pray for them which is fine. But, you know, it's just, it's just fun. Listen, it's a wonderful thing. Once you get going on it, it's scary at first, but the minute you start talking about Christ, power comes upon you. My friend, the Holy Spirit comes and all of a sudden, believe it or not, I know he's in control, but you actually are in control of that conversation. And, and uh, just don't be afraid uh, because Satan wants you to stop and he wants you to find the perfect time where the perfect time is now. So anyway, but that's, that's what it's about. Wow. Amazing. There's so many truths that, that you shared today, Eddie. I really appreciate you making time for the call and uh, really hope to um, share fruit with you from this conversation from our mentors. So thank you so much. Yeah, well, God bless you. And we're just so thrilled that uh, we are, that you're our partner and that uh, we want to see it be great and be successful in every way.